Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, I'm good. Good, good. Kind of tired, but good. Yeah, we uh, missed last week because of a family birthday. Yes. Of one of your sons. Mm-hmm. How was that? Oh, it was good. Good, good. Yeah, we have a, I don't know, it's, we always like, kind of do like a breakfast on a birthday, and I forgot about that, and I completely forgot, and then I was like, oh, I don't know, birthdays sneak up on me. I don't, I'm never good at remembering them, but. That is our last birthday of the year. And then, uh, so yeah, it was our, our second son, Isaiah, and I was 16. So he got his driver's license now. So it's like, oh, great. <laughs> no, he's pretty stoked. Um, you know, it's funny. He went uh, He went on the 13th, which was what, Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. To do driving test in Strathmore. And there's our registries, and they're all privately owned. And so they can all charge whatever they want. Uh, the people that do the driving tests are government. I don't know if they're registered or something like that. But anyways, he got this girl. And I thought, oh, boy, he's not going to have fun with this. Because, you know, as conservative as I am, my son is even more so. And just very black and white. You know, that it's right or wrong. No gray areas. And he's uh, it's good. Anyways, he got this girl and rather large girl and uh she was oh like 17 minutes late okay first of all it's a nine o'clock right it's not like we're saying be there at 5 a.m it's nine o'clock in the morning 17 minutes late she rolls in then goes into her office for a while comes out and so yes yeah, this very large girl and uh shaved all you know they have the whole round her head shaved and then half of one side, so it's all flopping to the other side. And it had a lot of gray in it. So she's not like a 20-something, right? Like she's 40s, at least. And then all these weird piercings all over her face. I'm like, oh, man. Anyways, went out. They came back rather early, and he was mad. And they said, what's the matter? He goes, automatic fail. And I said, okay, whatever. So we just, I had to finish changing the address for my driver's license. We leave and anyways, so here at least, I'm sure it's probably the same there, but if you're at an intersection where you get an advanced left turn, um, it'll go from left or it'll be a green arrow and then it goes to a yellow arrow and then it goes to a green circle because at the, after that, you don't have an advance. You can turn when it's clear. And I know the, like this intersection that, that she failed him at, she said it went from an advanced green to a red light and it's an automatic fail. But that is impossible because that is not how that intersection works. It will go from an advanced green to a yellow advance, then a solid green, which means turn when it's safe. So automatically failed him. He said the whole time, she was the entire time was rolling the window down, the window up, the window down, the window up, the window down, the window up. And I could see it when she came in and looked at him and she kind of eyed him up. And I mean, like Isaiah is like 0% body fat, like he's ripped right? Like he is, you look at him like, holy crap. Like he's a lean, you know, he's, he's not bulky, bulky, but he's kind of a beast, you know? 
and uh, but he's twice as strong as anyone his age. And she looked at him, and I could tell that she was just in disgust. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great, here it goes, it's over. Anyways, it went back two, day, two days later, we went into the city. He did the driving test, and he passed without any issues. And the guy said, you are such a good driver, it's unbelievable. And it was a Sikh man doing the, the driving test. And I'm just like, oh, my word. So, so when she came out and was eyeing him up and down, mm -hmm. did it, did she look like she had this kind of face? How dare you? Yes, exact, exactly that kind of face. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you could tell that because, man, it's like you know I've been soft on myself. I've been a lazy bum my whole life. You know, even though I'm able-bodied, I don't do anything, and now I'm like obese. And I have to like do something to make myself crazy. So that I'm going to pierce, just put a whole bunch of crap all over my face, like cheek piercings and nose piercings and freaking shave my head, make my head look like it's a mop. Oh my word. She was, anyways, we filed a formal complaint because it's like what she said on the report. And it's funny. She had, there's two reports they do. One she gives to him and one she submits and uh, they don't match up. It's two different stories. I'm like, see, you know, that, that's how you know somebody's lying, right? It's always hard to keep lies straight. If you just tell the truth, it's always the same thing. But um, well, she can't put what she put on his about the light on the official one. Yeah. Because it can't happen. Exactly. So I'm going to lie to you because you're just as. Yeah, you're you know, a stupid kid. I don't want to say punk kid, but I'm trying to look at it from her eyes. Yeah, exactly. No, it's you know, exactly. You know, you're, you're this uber masculine guy can't stand the. Exactly. So I'm lying to you because you're failed. Yeah. Oh, but I can't do that to my boss because they know. Yeah. And then also for this driving test, they're not allowed to take them onto a highway. And this intersection that she made them go on is on the Trans-Canada Highway. Well, it's only a 60 kilometer now, like it's not a high speed section. Technically, they're not allowed to go on that road. If you want an advanced driver's test, I think you have to do it for certain jobs, certain, you know, employment requirements then you can go on the highway or then you have to but for the basic driving they're not allowed to go on a highway so I'm like right there so yeah we filed a complaint and then you can file a formal complaint with the province so i did that i'm like absolutely you don't get to be a nasty human being and just walk away not, not my books but anyways that was a long ramble about the old uh driver's license but he's pretty stoked now and it's gonna work good for us because we uh so our kids are like in orchestra lessons now Ava's doing like horseback riding lessons. We have, you know, the youth stuff, guitar lessons, flute lessons, piano lessons. Every day is like driving multiple places. And so it's going to be nice. So Isaiah can help out with that. It's crazy. It's that time of year, man, when everything's starting up again. And, oh, and even like, Ed, like Etsy's getting busier than it was last year. It's like, oh my goodness, we've got so much going on. Well, you know, it might be a good thing. Yeah. For the other end of it, you can put a earlier hard cutoff. That way you're not rushing you and the family as it gets closer to Christmas. And you guys have more family. Yeah. I don't think we'll you're do not that. stressed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like, we're, then I again, there is money. Yes. Yes. And I wouldn't call it stress. It's not stress because... Um, I don't do stress, but I think the only way I'd get stressed is if I can't solve something. 
Right? Well, there's it's, good stress and bad stress. Yeah. It's you just, know, bad stress is the, you know, hitting your stomach, you're sweaty, blah. Good stress is I'm anxious to get to it. I'm excited, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, good stress right before your wedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad stress right before your divorce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the other way around, depending on how, <laughs> yeah. who you are. Yeah, it depends how you, how badly you messed up. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll shut it down early because we shut it down on the 15th. So that's order stop on the 15th. And we have everything out by the 20th. And so that's like five days of off before Christmas. And um, it's funny because it sounds like a lot of time, but we, when we are so blink and exhausted, we like the first day or two, sometimes it feels like we just lay around the house because we haven't slept for the past month. Like it's, it's intense. I actually really enjoy it. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. Like get up every day and say, go, 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 go. And you have to, like, you have to mentally just psych yourself out and be like, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go. And then, um, and then at night it's just like, man, like I think almost before your head hits a pillow, your sleep is like, just snooze and then go again. And then when it's over, it's like, yes, it's like it's done. And then you can celebrate and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Hey, I had a question. I was wondering, any any nurse news from your lodge? Nothing. Nothing, huh? No, and I, I mean, it, uh, no, nothing. Jerks. And nothing. We went to. You know, everything was going great, right? With the whole relationship thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with the lady that we help out and this, that, and the other. And her and her daughter do. They used to have a antique store together, but they've gotten rid of that, and they just do like estate sales. And the daughter still owns half of a like an auction place, thrift store, it, but it's higher end than okay. what most people think of as thr- anyway. Um, and they were doing a estate sale, and we went out there and looked and. There were some, that's where I got my air compressor yep. and a couple other little things. And we were, I was looking at a couple of these uh, old industrial steel tables. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, they're too big. They're too big. Yeah. I have them out under the Carolina carport behind the shop because um, my wife and in-laws were talking about what to get me for Christmas and birthday and all that. And they're like, well, you know, he was looking at these tables. So they bought me those tables. Oh, no. Then I had to go get them. Yeah. For the, and I am grateful. I am overly grateful for my wife and my in-laws. And I'm grateful that they did that. But the reason I didn't buy them to begin with, I didn't want to go move them. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, me yeah yeah and every time you know and Danette's always wanting to help me help me help me and that never ends well Mm. because um she's incredibly wonderful much more than she has muscle for Mm -hmm. so she's like oh no i can get it (sighs) no you can't oh no i can get that no you can't Mm. oh come on let's lift it then i wind up getting hurt yeah yeah and then you know so 
Do we have to do this over again? But, you know, once I get them home, I got the tractor. So, yeah. Get them off the trailer. I mean, no big deal to do alone, but trying to load everything with a 80 year old lady and my wife, not, not good. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad. That's crazy. So then I'm lifting way more than I should, way more than I can. And I wind up getting hurt. But Hmm. the, Lady's daughter, well, lady's son-in-law, John, he's one of those guys that I literally laugh at inside my head. (laughs) And here's why. It has nothing to do with his job. He's an accountant, but that's not it, right? Mm -hmm. I got respect for good accountants. You know, we need them. But he's one of those guys that, like a professional golfer, they look like they're in shape. Everything has the right shape. Oh, wow. He looks like he's in shape. Really? Get him to lift the other half of this table. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah. And then he's so big. I mean, he's got to be 6'5". Oh, wow. That is big. And looks like he's in shape. And... <laughs> Can't lift anything. <laughs> and, he, and he's struggling, right? Yeah. And Danette just sees my face. <laughs> but I don't know she sees my face at this point. And she says, I'm getting frustrated with him. She said, you just changed. Hmm. She said, your whole facial, you know, not just your expression, but features changed. That's funny. And you just reached down, you grabbed the bottom of that table and just stood up. Hmm. He's like, how? When this 6'5 guy, you know, can't get it over his toe. Hmm. That's crazy. Literally. <laughs> wow. Like, you know, I can call it up when I need to. Yeah. And then I pay for it later, but yeah, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, uh, I I was just sore. Mm. Uh, my biceps and, and uh, where the table actually dug into me when I was lifting it. Oh wow, hurt. But you know, other than that, that's crazy. And I think because I I reached way down inside and lifted with my legs and not my back. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Did everything right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Huh. That was funny. That is funny. And the and then the the grandson was there. He's fifteen. You know, this guy John's son. And he's a he's one of those kids that are privileged. Oh yeah. Plays every sport. Um. I think if I hadn't got to talk to him. Uh. I think I'd call him a douche. But, oh, really? Because uh, that's the way he was acting the first day, right? Mm-hmm. We are at the sale. Because his grandma was like, you, you know, come here and help. He's like, no, I have my good shirt on. Mm. I don't want to get dirty. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, and I look at Danette, and I just said, if I'd have said, talk like that to my grandma, I'd be picking two by four out of my butt. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then his dad got on him, but. Hmm. Pretty bad. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. All right. I'm going to like this guy. Yeah. If I come to find out he can't lift what I can lift, and he's 6'5". I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. Hmm. As long as you can lift a pencil, I guess that's that's your thing. Yeah, that's right, eh? But then on the way home, the dad was telling me, oh, yeah, you know, Brillo was telling me he's from a well-to-do family up in Michigan, grew up in the country club, 
Golf atmosphere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Hmm. Say no more. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Eh? But. Right on. Got so been... my uh, lawnmower back. Oh, you did? Yeah. Now, how did that whole thing the go? The only saving grace was the bill came to a big fat zero. Oh, that's good. Because I know that Kubota has a two-year warranty, so I wasn't expecting anything. Mm-hmm. To be in warranty, I guess the engine manufacturer Kawasaki has a three-year warranty. Oh wow! But how something that's just over two years old, with fifty hours on it, blows two injectors? Oh wow! Uh, that's what it was, eh? Yeah. Huh. And I thought it was something else, but no injectors. That's and, crazy. Uh, he, you know, Joey was telling me not much about it, but enough. And because we were talking about some other stuff, and I was, I'm still expecting to stand in there, you know, expecting to pay and waiting on some paperwork or something. And he's like, "No, I told you on the phone, you know." And he didn't. He absolutely did not tell me on the phone hmm. that it wasn't going to cost me anything. Hmm. What he said was, the injectors were warranted themselves. Oh, okay. That to me says parts are warranted, not yeah, labor. Yeah. yeah. And he still had some uh, diagnostic time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I'm going to have to pay, you know, at least a couple hundred bucks. And then, no, no charge. Okay, bye. Oh, that's good. Yeah, now that, uh, well, I guess, what's your, I was going to say now that you don't need it, because we, I don't think we need to moral on anymore this year. But oh, that's I, probably, I think I still have. At least two times. I'm, I'm not done with what was overgrown while they had my lawnmower. Because mm-hmm. we ran out of fuel, and I'm just not going to the gas station right now. Because yeah. my place to get uh, ethanol-free for the small engines is very limited. Oh, okay. And I just don't want to ride all the way out. I haven't this week. i just been blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I got my uh, lab results for this go around this six months, and my testosterone's 1,100 and change. What's that supposed to be? Uh, somewhere between three and seven. Hundred? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, most bodybuilders are at what I'm at. Really? So you're, and you're all jacked up. the thing with that is... <laughs> If you're not a bodybuilder or something, right? You're not an athlete, yeah, a pro level athlete, and you get up over a grand. Um, your body doesn't react well to having that much testosterone in it, mm. and the opposite effects. You have no energy again. Oh, really? You're tired all the time, which hasn't been my issue. Um, I feel like a balloon because hmm. my body has now produce too many red blood cells. Oh, okay. So you have too much blood in your body. That's a lot that increases the pressure on your cardiovascular system. Really? And internal organs. So huh. I just feel bloated. Yeah. Full. You know, and you know that I just ate a whole, I don't know, three, spaghetti feeling. Three hamburgers, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Hmm. All the time. Oh, dear. That's but, a bad. You know, 
I'll get over it. Yeah. Um, you just mentioning food. I was thinking, oh, I wonder what we've been cooking. So last night, Steph went to make some chicken wings, and we got these wings, and they're supposed to be good until yesterday, right? Like, and and usually it's like okay, best before this date, right? And as long as they've been in the fridge the whole time, usually they're fine afterwards. Anyways. Seth took them out and like I was I was working I wasn't in the house but she said they smelled totally fine and then when she put them in <laughs> it started to smell horrible and she came and she goes do not smell the house I'm like I gotta go smell the house and uh man like rotten chicken but like <clears throat> and my wife like she can smell stuff right it's not like she just didn't smell it before she said it was totally fine obviously because they're cold and then she put, you know, her rub on them and stuff like that. And we're just doing them in the oven. And man, it smelled disgusting. The last time I smelled anything like that was in Moscow in the meat shops. And there's like cats walking on this, these sides of meat and stuff. It was so gross, man. I'm like, Ugh. and I was hungry and that cured my appetite. I was like, I don't know if I want to eat dinner tonight, but man, you've been uh, doing anything on your, your pit barrel smoker? Anything since no, we last talked? I was going to do uh, some beef ribs and lamb this week, but unbeknownst to me, didn't already had menu planned. So I'm like, "Oh, right, no problem. Hmm. I'll do it later." Oh, wait, how, how do you do your lamb? Like, is it good? I've never, you know, cooked the lamb um, like on a pet barrel or a barbecue or anything like that. Mm -hmm. What I used to do all the time is. Uh, a rotisserie leg of lamb mm -hmm. or a standing lamb rib roast or lamb chops or I've grilled lamb chops. You know. hmm. I've never had, I've never had lamb before. It is the undisputed king of meat in Todd's. Really? Meat. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We're at a, a barbecue with a bunch of friends on Friday, I think, or maybe, maybe it was before that, but everybody said, Oh, Lamb, like the one guy's house, it was he want he would love to do a big full like a whole lamb rotisserie. He said there's absolutely nothing better on earth. He and he said if you love your T-bone steak or whatever, you, you can come up with your your favorite cut of meat. If you've never had lamb, it's that plus twenty percent. He said it is the best meat you can ever eat. So that's interesting. I kind of never heard much about it, and now someone's like, oh, gotta get some. Might have to try that out. Yeah, it's an un, absolute, 100% undisputed king of meat. Hmm. And then I would put uh, good pronghorn antelope hmm. as number two. Really? I've never had that either, but... Um, all I can say is holy, holy cow. Hmm. The best hamburger I've had anywhere on earth was pronghorn antelope. Antelope ground mm. with 20% beef fat hmm. ground in. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh. Good stuff, eh? I, I still you know, dream of that to this day. Hmm. That's funny. And now that I'm probably more financially able to do it, I might go back up to Montana, get an antelope tag out of state, and get an antelope. Yeah, that'd be cool. Not the easiest animal in the world to shoot. But oh, no. It's, a, it's always a long shot. <laughs> like, literally. Always. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, if one of them farts, then they're running at 900 miles an hour. Yep. 
Okay. They are so beautiful. Yeah. My, uh, well, a friend of mine, his dad has the record for Al- in Alberta for the biggest, I think it was a, yeah, for the biggest pronghorn. And it was in like at horn size and in body weight. So that's cool. But, uh, you know, like these guys are just obsessive hunters. Um, their dad's a retired farmer and all summer and into fall three days a week he's driving these gravel roads watching these herds of deer like out by Drumheller, wintering hills area and so when they go hunting like they they have their animal picked in the summertime and then they go claim it in the fall but um i wanted to get into hunting and it's like hey can i go with you guys nope <laughs> i'm like what do you mean no no we we don't take people hunting it's just family thing I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, you're not. It's like a secret fishing spot. Nope, not coming with us. I'm like, wow. So that's when I had to learn how to hunt all by myself. It took me three years of not getting anything before I actually got my first deer. Hunters are weird like that sometimes, hey? And I think most of the ones that are like that are probably not worth hunting with. Yeah, they're jerks. I mean, unless you're just a perfect stranger and they're like, no. Yeah, you know, okay. No, yeah. So I don't want a perfect stranger with me if they have a gun. You know? Yeah, and not, it's not, not nowadays. Yeah, you never and, know. And there's like, okay, so him and I, we we went on like a three day snowmobile trip together, and his wife and my wife flew down to Phoenix and did like a three day shopping trip together, right, with other people. But like, by no means are we strangers, or like we got together once a week at least, and we'd have a Christmas party with him and some of other friends, and I'm like. So yeah, it was just, it wasn't that. It was just like, nope, we're just, I don't know. Needless to say, I don't speak, I don't speak to them anymore. (laughs) It's been years since I've seen them, but yeah, it's weird. But then I kind of get it too. Cause you know what? If you have a super duper awesome fishing hole, you don't tell the whole world, right? Cause you you don't want to have other people there when you show up, you know? But. Yeah. I mean, if it's on, I don't know. It, it, I had a fisherman up in uh, Montana tell me this. And he was a rancher in Wyoming. And he grew, he grew up in Montana. And he still had family and property and all that there. But his main ranch was in Wyoming. And that's where he spent most of his time. And I was looking for a good place to go. Uh, trout fishing that's not going to have a bunch of, you know, pretentious fly fishermen standing in the middle of the river. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. He's like, why are you fishing with me now? Come on. Hmm. And he said, if it's not your property, especially if it's public land, if you know about it, 50 other people know about it, even if you don't think they know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, especially yeah. fishing spots. Yeah. Come on. So at least have somebody cool fishing it. Somebody you like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, think of it as pet sitting. Mm-hmm. You can have a perfect stranger pet sitting for you that you don't know, or you're going to have somebody that you've vetted, that yeah. you've met, that you've talked to. He said, you seem, you're, you're a cool guy. You know, I'll show you my fishing spot. Hmm. I'm like, okay. Sweet. 
Yeah. Because the same fish aren't going to be there but twice ever. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. So, and then we went there and I, I saw a steelhead, uh, but, you know, they just weren't into it that day. But, oh, my Lord, the sunfish were. Hmm. And it's the most fun, one of the most fun fishing days I've ever had because they were just jumping out of the water onto your hook. Oh, wow. Just about. Yeah. That's cool. And not little ones, so. Hmm. That's you cool. Had a, I think you had a hundred per day limit on sunfish back then. Oh, wow. I mean, because a big sunfish is still a small fish. Yeah. And they're great eating if you like them, hmm. I guess. Because those you just cook bone and all. Oh, really? Are they, uh, are they fishy tasting? I don't know. I uh, don't eat anything you cook bone and all. <laughs> no kidding. And I mean, and all. Yeah, yeah. They weren't cleaning it. I'm like, no, that's not me. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't eat unclean shrimp either, dude. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah, yeah. You know, poop sack, not my thing. <laughs> yeah. So we were uh, barbecuing at Lodge Meeting on Monday, and we were talking about fishing, and the one one of the guys, one of the new uh guys to join he um was saying his brother-in-law goes kokanee salmon fishing at this place in bc where you catch them and they're only about eight inches long and he takes these things and he he catches a whole bunch of them puts them in a jar and puts the lid on he's gonna find exactly the recipes or if he has one and basically they just kind of sit there in oil but i always thought you had to do some type of a cooking thing or pickling but so he's gonna try and figure it out but he says like he doesn't like fish and he's he's not crazy if it's fishy and anyways his brother-in-law said no you just try one of these after it's at you have to leave it for like a year or something like that and he just he says the best tasting thing you could ever imagine and i'm like that can't be true but yeah he said the head I, everything's in there you just eat it just ugh. Ugh. doesn't sound good to me but yeah yeah, I haven't. Uh, we haven't been fishing for quite some time. Probably, maybe over a year. Should probably get on that soon. Yeah, I went fishing once last year, and before that, it had been a long time. Hmm. Yeah, so we got we got the Bow River like close to us, and it's you know really really good fly fishing. But I find I don't know. I find fly fishing is. At least on that river, you know, those are the ones where the guys go there and they'll like walk around with a bug net and then, okay. And then it's like, oh, I don't have that. I'm going to make a couple of these ones up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not my style, man. I can't, I can't just sit there and whip up a couple flies because it's like, oh, these bugs are pretty big at this location. I'm going to make a bigger version of this. And it's like, man, or either that or you have to go out with like, you know, 400 different flies on like in your case. And it's like, oh, try and match it. But. I don't know. I like simple. I like fly fishing for freshwater bass because it's like you use something that looks like a black leech and you throw it in there and you bang, they bite. We got a little secret spot in BC we go to and it's so good, man. The water's warm. Like you just walk in and I just wear swimming shorts, walk in up to my waist, sit there, fly fish. And usually within a couple hours, you'll have enough for, for dinner for the whole family. And it's good. Like freshwater bass is so nice. Nice fish tacos come out of that stuff. It's good. 
But I'm not a fan of like trout and anything that tastes like fish. Ugh. Just can't really take it, you know? Not my jam. There's some fish I I can't eat for that reason, but other than that, I love fish. Yeah? You like salmon? Uh, depending on how it's cooked. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some salmon that just tastes weird, wild, I want to say. Hmm. Then there's some salmon that, you know, like uh, a smoked sockeye. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Yeah, smoked salmon's good. But, no, I went, the one and only time I went serious fly fishing was right after I learned. And it was in one of those, um, Uh, places up in Montana where all these rich guys go up there and fish and they, they got all that. Oh, I'm, I need to tie this or I've got, you know, 5,000 fly poked all over me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there getting my gear to, and I've got just bargain basement on sale uh, from the sporting goods store, big box sporting goods store. Um, fly fishing stuff. You know, it's not handmade by some dude in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm getting made fun of, basically. Yeah. And I, then they see what fly I'm tying onto my line, and, oh, you'll never catch anything with that. That bug, you know, no bug that looks like that exists here. Yeah. They're never going to eat it. Not only did I catch one before my fly even hit the water, it was just about to lay down on that first cast. It was the best cast I've ever made. Couldn't do it again if you tried. Yeah. It was just about to lay down. And bam! Enormous uh, trout hit that thing. Really? You know, that, that's Eased funny. it in, put it in my net, got my picture taken with it, then let it go. Yeah. And... Everybody's like, oh, we can't believe that. Blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, the guy up there, uh, the guide, he's like, yeah, right here. Huh. Hey, don't you get tired of eating the same thing every day? Yeah. Salmon may not want to eat it, or trout may not want to eat it, or whatever else is in here may not want to eat it, per, per se, but they're curious because they haven't yeah. seen that flying above the water before. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, right? Like, oh, wait, you know, is that something new? And they're like, oh, that doesn't happen. But, well, it just did. Yeah. Just saying. That makes sense. And it's never happened before ever again. Yeah. But it was at the right time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should go fishing. My youngest loves fishing, just like crazy about it. <clears throat> and like I say, if, like we're half an hour, we're at the Bow River. And if nothing else, it's fun because it's a... Uh, pretty decently a nice wide river but it's like gradual so it's not like i i, I would never worry about him falling in the river because you got to go quite a, most places most places where you go to fish you got to walk out you know 50 feet before he'd actually be any depth of water but yeah, we should do that soon and uh deer like seasons and fishing what's that and he likes whittling and fishing yeah that, yeah. i mean that's pretty good yeah, and uh, yeah, deer season's opened up here now, 
I didn't get my tags yet. I got to go do that. But although they uh, they just pulled the crop off, and uh, man, the dust because they were just shredding the the hay after or the the stalk. Sometimes they bale it. Sometimes I think if it's not high enough, then they'll just shred it all. And oh my word, two combines going like crazy and like. <laughs> you look outside and it's just like hazy with this dust. I'm like, oh, yuck. But I'm kind of glad about that because now <clears throat> we've got these huge fields that we can just go rip around on dirt bikes, you know, so we can, we got a big coolie out in the, out in the back. Well, my dad's, it's his land, but, um, used to be a really big, like an irrigation channel. And uh, probably, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, they stopped using it. And so now it's just this big, huge coolie. And the way it's cut in, like, it's pretty big. Like, you can go 4 by 4 in and out. And, you know, you'd have to have a pretty decent 4 by 4 to get up the certain parts of it. But, uh, like, on dirt bikes and snowmobiles, you just take a run at them. And it pops you up. And you <laughs> pretty much go straight into the air. And then you just land on flat ground. It's a lot of fun. But uh, we tried getting back there this summer. It's just too muddy. It's like going around the outside of the fields and stuff. You just get bogged down. You get stuck. So now we can rip out there. So it's cool. And like yesterday, it was six degrees Celsius in the morning. I don't know what that is in Freedom Height, but man, it's it's getting cold. It feels cold to me. Let's see. Six C to F. 42 degrees. 42.8. Yeah, <laughs> I walked out to the shop in a t-shirt. I'm like, oh my word, I, I, need, I need a hoodie on or something. And I kind of feel bad because all summer long, I'm always like, it's too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot. And then it gets cold. I'm like, oh, I don't really want, I don't want the cold to come so soon. But. Yeah. Let me tell you how our summer went uh, the other night. It was just after dusk, but not still light outside. We walked Benny out, and it was 62 degrees. And Danette's like, oh, it's freezing. I need a jacket. Yeah. I'm like, really? It's 62. Yeah. But it's just been so hot this year. Okay. Yeah, it's been hot, hot everywhere, hasn't it? Yeah. Global warming. You know, it's got to be. Well, mm. you know. Now that King Charles III is on the throne. Yep, yep. That's right. He'll fix everything up. Yep. Any concern over the losing the queen there in Canada? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Trudy, our little queen wonder there who thinks she's running the show, um, he declared it a federal holiday this coming Monday. So now we have another statutory federal holiday. And it's for, and a lot of the province are like, nope, it's not going to be provincial because that costs us millions and millions of dollars to just give people another holiday. And so at 1 p.m. on uh, the 19th, there's going to be like a moment of silence. But Trudy says, oh, we should have a day of mourning. And I mean, I, you know, I, like even like Steph says she's going to watch the funeral, right? And I'm like... Like she watches his royal weddings and I don't, I don't get it. Like there's some people here that feel a real strong attachment to the, the throne, the, the royal family. Um, I mean, there's a lot of British people here too, right? But I could care less. In fact, I, I wish we could just make it stop. 
Like, okay, let's, why are they, why is their picture on our money? Why are we part of the Commonwealth? Like, what do we benefit? And even within our government, there are certain things that they have the authority and the power to do. I was like, this is dumb, you know? I don't know. I, I don't care at all. And people that I hang out with probably generally don't care much either because who cares? <laughs> the I guess uh, one of the last remaining more conservative politicians in power down in Australia said it well. And he was, he almost like memed himself sort of, you know, because he said this, but in good humor, but to prove a point. Well, you know, we lost the queen. And then, you know, everybody in Australia is like, oh, my God, the queen, the queen, the queen, the throne, the throne. Oh, yeah, we have a king now. Yeah, King Charles, King Charles. It's going to cost each one of us taxpaying Australians $5,000 next year just to change the money and stamps. Yeah, fuck the crown, fuck the crown. <laughs> you know, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. No, me neither. I, and I don't get all these Americans being all like, oh, we lost the queen. Yeah. Why well, do we care? Yeah. We kicked them off of our shore and, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, just, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. There's no logic to it. I mean, I, I get the thing I don't get is like, Okay, yes, they're a wealthy family. Got that. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny. Like, people think that the as an individual, the queen was worth so much money. And, yes, she was. But they say so much of the wealth is the family's wealth. Like, for instance, if she had... Say if she wanted to give... Uh, like, when Meghan Markle got married. If she wanted to give her a tiara or, or like, a, some of the uh, fancy, fancy jewelry that they have... In England, there's a 40% inheritance tax. And she says most people couldn't afford or wouldn't want to pay 40% of the value of this, you know, $10 million piece of jewelry. And so all of it just kind of sits in a vault and, and it, it's weird. But I just don't, <clears throat> like, what goods and service do they produce? What is their value to an economy and to society in general? Like, that's what I don't know. I and mean, maybe maybe it's just because I'm ignorant and I haven't looked into it. But in my mind, they're just like LARPing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, eh, I don't get it. I don't care. I shouldn't. Well, I got to be careful. Well, I mean, you're in lodge uh, and you're having your meal. The first toast you do is to what well, was to the queen in the craft. And now it's to the king in the craft. So I got off. Whatever. Give a toast to them once a month, but yeah, I just I don't understand it. And again, it could be my ignorance because I'm not going to say I've like really researched the royal family because I don't care about the royal family. But it's weird, you know. Strange. I know a little bit about them, but you know the most important thing I know right now is that the queen, uh, her late husband. Well, now the late queen, her late husband, her son, who is now the king, were all guests of Epstein on the private island. Were they? Now, was the queen there to diddle kids? Probably not. 
that's cover. That's the cover visit. You know, yeah. have a, um, you know, a, a world leader there. Yeah. You know, that's that's the marketing visit. Yeah. Charles is there to do other things. <clears throat> yeah. The husband was there to do other things. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's weird, though. Anyways, you been doing anything out in your shop lately? Uh, you know, sweeping up some dead mice. No, <laughs> right on. Trying to create more dead mice. Yep. Yeah, we got three cats. I got to do a lot of rearranging. Get the steel, the new tables moved at least to the garage door side of the downstairs. And so, you know, so I can get all the old paint off, the rust, and restore them. Mm-hmm. Right on. I think I'm gonna do that old timey, like crackled machine paint. Oh yeah, yeah. What's there? What's that stuff called? Hammered paint. Hammered paint. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Huh. Have you love ever the look? Have you ever heard of Japaning? Yes. Oh, do you know what that is? Uh, yes, but I can't explain it. Okay. I want to find out. Um, listen to the one podcast, the Fitzall podcast with um, uh, Andrew from Blacksmithing Tools or whatever. Mm-hmm. Andrew Alexander and then Jimmy Darista and oh, that guy. Mm, Hand Tool Rescue. And uh, anyways, the hand tool rescue guy, he's, he's got a massive, have you ever seen his YouTube videos? Yeah. And apparently he, he talks about these restorations. I never really watched his videos. I like his intro. It's pretty funny. But um, he talks about doing Japaning on stuff. It's like, oh, I'm going to do Japaning on that. And I have no clue what it is. Is it, is it like a, kind a, of, a method of painting? What you're doing is, you know what, uh, like, uh, it's controlled, like rusting. Oh, really? Finish. Like, when you blew a gun or you do um, brown bluing, it's called, but oh, okay. rust bluing. Yeah. Stuff like that. Huh. It's in that vein. Interesting. That you use different chemicals to treat a base chemical. Right, mm-hmm. like you put, you know, either metal shavings or leather, whatever. Ah, okay, yeah. In a base chemical, and then that gives it properties to change the surface properties of the metal you put it on. Yeah, interesting. So it's kind of like a forced patina sort of thingy. It is, and it. Um, uh, once you get it on, you can bake it because original Japaning in Japan, which they didn't call it Japaning, I don't think. Nipponya. They would just call it ushing, but anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mean. But, you know, they would, once they get the, the chemical on and where they need it or the color they want it, they kind of set it by baking it. Oh, okay. 
That's cool. I mean, there's variations on it. So you can't just say there's one kind of Japanning because there really mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah. Um, there's something called black Japanning, which is blackening the material. That's like samurais. That's where the ninjas come in. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Ninjutsu. Ninjutsu. The art that doesn't exist <laughs> anywhere historically. Yeah. Ever. But it sure makes for great film. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what else makes really great film? These uh, samurai and uh, other martial arts movies that are Chinese made. Uh-huh. Where they're up flying in the bamboo. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I, you know, when I was a kid, I watched some crazy... Like Japanese movies or Chinese, I don't know where they were overdubbed in English, and so they never lined up. But like, is it these kids in Japan and they're it's a special school that's for like ninja training, and they're probably like I would say grade five, six age, and they would have to do things like, you know, you have a hallway, and if you were to put both feet on one wall and then both hands on another and then start climbing up it, and they would have to like wait up on those hallways for like hours at a time and all these insane like physical ninja training things they would do. And me and my friends would always try to do them. <laughs> and then we'd always fall down. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was crazy. It's, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It was probably made like in the early 80s. <clears throat> and so obviously cinematography wasn't amazing back then for, for a lot of things. I mean, especially like a low budget foreign country film. And so these were pretty janky to watch, but they're kind of funny. All these stupid things we thought we could do, but like that's no probably has a string on him holding him up there somewhere. But like catching throwing stars that are coming at you like <laughs> without getting cut. I'm like, wow, I want to train to do that because <laughs> that's likely. And and somehow the the hero always winds up catching one in his palm. Yeah, <laughs> and it take rips it out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he gets really mad, and that's when he starts winning. Yeah. He's like, Ugh. And he starts moving to the Matrix at that point. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I saw this cute little, I, I don't know what, it was a YouTube short or a TikTok or something, um, where an, an anonymous filmmaker, it, he's obviously somebody who's, a big Hollywood filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And he did his kids having a Nerf dart fight. No, oh, really? But as the Matrix. Oh, it's funny. It is hilarious. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, nah, that's pretty cool to do for your kids. You yeah, know? no kidding, eh? That's cool. You know, see, that's how Hollywood should spend its time. Exactly. Good, wholesome, funny things, you know? That and running every Cardassian out of town. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't even tell you what a Cardassian looks like. Oh, I can tell you what they look like, having not even seen them. <laughs> but there's a lot of people that I could, a lot of people that conjure up like that. Have. You look like a hoe. Yeah. A Cardassian. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I, I cannot... 
I understand that anyone at all can have can suffer from depression or stress or other things, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who you are or what your socioeconomic status is. I get it, but I think using our Cardassian to sell your depression medicine is reprehensible. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. That's funny. I didn't. And you know, although my wife can tell you the rant I went off on, on why a Cardassian might not have uh, a high self-opinion or high self-esteem in private. Okay. I will not repeat any of that here. Family-friendly show. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. And dissecting a Cardassian is certainly not family friendly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, so basically, they, from from what I know of them, like they're not actors, they're not singers, they're not, but they just force themselves into the story. I hear is they just made themselves famous somehow. Is that kind of the gist of it? Well, sort of. Okay. Yeah, they did. They. Um, they were like early reality star cockroaches. They just would not go away. Mm-hmm. And just by the nature of being there for so long, they took off. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it was the earliest known kind of wokeism mm-hmm. was the Cardassians. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they're. Uh, you know, their biggest achievement is turning um, Bruce Jenner into Caitlyn. But anyway. Hmm. <laughs> that was them that, that was involved with that? Yes. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, their um, dad was one of the lawyers for O.J. Simpson. Mm. And then he died or they got divorced. And then Jenner Got married to mom, if I'm remembering all of this correctly. Hmm. And then eventually, um, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner. Hmm. Sign of the times, hey? Messed up world. And then one of the Kardashians uh, was successful in convincing Kanye he should run for president. Really? How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah. All those people are just all messed up, hey? <clears throat> Crazy. Okay, you know what I need to do? I need to box up your knife sharpener and get it to you. How's this? I had already forgotten all about that. I uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm gonna do that today. I'm gonna put it in the box, and then next time I have to drop things off, it'll be uh, on en route to you, and I'll have a tracking number. Because I just got another one from uh, TS Prof. Showed up this week. And so this one, they want me to do some type of a video. And then there's a giveaway involved. And and so I'm just waiting to hear back if it's going to be anywhere in the world. Because those sometimes get real hairy. Or if it's just going to be North America. Um, as soon as I find that, I'll do the video. But I'm going to hit it from the standpoint like on one of my videos about knife sharpening, I was talking about how the angle of a fixed pivot knife sharpener doesn't change other than the change by the radius in the blade, right? So if you had a perfectly flat bar steel in there 
and it's it's weird to look at it and it messes with your head but everybody thinks that the farther away you get from the pivot the steeper the angle is and that's just not true right um and man i've i've done a few videos on it but i probably get oh, I, I remember yeah i remember the roof analogy yeah and that that makes it as plain as day right well it doesn't matter trolls are going to troll yeah but I, I i love like i thought for sure that um it changed and i well obviously because i said that and then people a few comments and there's enough of them to, for me to be like wait a minute it doesn't change and and then the guy who owns wicked edge emailed me and he said hey just so you know the, the angle actually doesn't change and and then he said we, you want to talk about it sometime i said, yeah he's like you available so he phoned me and we, we talked on the phone and it was kind of the last i said i still i said i'm, I'm sorry i said i'm not the brightest bulb on the christmas tree i just can't wrap my head around this and they said, well, think about the pitch of a roof. I'm like, yeah. And if you fix a rope at the center of it and you swing it back and forth, that represents the thing. And even though that, that the rope is kind of articulating and it's you know going around, if you measure the angle of the roof parallel to the gutter, it's always the same. I'm like, yes, that's it. That's it. And everybody confused the angle because they'll be like, well, no, look at how hard the angle is coming back to the pivot. I'm like, yes, but that's not... That's not the angle of your bevel. The angle of your bevel has to be measured perpendicular to the blade. So I'm going to hit it from that one because I've already done enough um, videos. So I think this will be the third video I've done with that knife sharpener. And so I'm going to just hit it with a caveat in the beginning because so many people got right mad the last time I showed that one. They thought that maybe I was responsible for Russia invading Ukraine and that I was to, to be flogged for it. I'm just going to have to start the video. So just so you know, okay, we're going to talk about fixed pivot knife sharpeners. I'm going to show you this one here. And uh, I'll say, but just say this is non-political, right? Like I'm not getting into what's going on there. I've been reviewing TS Prop knife sharpeners for like six, seven years now. And this is what I've always done. And I'm sure if you were to ask every single Russian, they're not pro-war, okay? Just like, you know, most Americans probably weren't, hey, let's, you know, if, if you didn't like the way they pulled out of Middle East, do you blame every single American and boycott American products? Well, no, right? Let, let's leave politics entirely out of it. This is about a knife sharpener. These guys have been making it for a long time. And then I'll do that analogy, explain how that is. And then at the end of it, I'm going to say, and just if you know, uh, you can win this this sharpener. You know, there's, there's going to be a giveaway and, and they're going to ship it directly to you. And uh, they've been good with their shipping lately. So I'm going to have to hold on to this one just in case by some chance it doesn't get to whoever wins and I could send them the one they send me, but I've literally got three of the identical knife sharpeners now. That's ridiculous. Hey, well, you could try it like this. Now, look, I'm not trying to be political. That's not what I'm here all about. I'm just talking about fixed pivot knife sharpeners. Okay. That's all. Yeah. So like this, um, Put this blade in the fist, fixed pivot knife sharpener. I'm going to clamp it down. I'm going to put the first stone that you would use, and I'm going to start you know, creating this bevel or sharpening, honing, defining this de bevel, right? Mm -hmm. Defining the bevel. You know, this sharpener, much like Russia, is trying to grind <laughs> away at the resolve 
of the you know the yeah Romanian knife and all what they're really doing is making them sharper yeah. more dangerous yeah. <laughs> that was deep Todd man that was oh. some that's like sermon type you just of report analogy yourself there. to YouTube <laughs> <laughs> yeah man you should be a preacher <laughs> Those are the things that, that pastors just love. You know, you can take anything and turn it into an analogy. Like, that's, oh. They just spin it, you know? Yeah. Right on. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody uh, showed a photograph of a line of dogs waiting to um, pee on a Beto O'Rourke sign. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm like, no, the other side can just spin that, to, you know, uh, there are long lines of followers waiting to greet Beto over. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. That's right. Just like there are people like this person. How dare you? That are so stupid that one of them actually commented that this wokeness is out of hand. They're making a man the new queen. <laughs> yeah. Are you a moron? Yeah, I, this has to be a joke. And somebody called him out, right? Yeah. And then it got up to um, Stephen Crowder that does Louder with Crowder. Yeah, yeah. And it got all the way to his level, and he's like, this has to be a joke. And his producers or somebody got in touch with the person that posted that. And they really thought there was only <laughs> could only be a queen of England. That's funny. And had no idea why they were making the man a man, a, the queen. <laughs> what? I, okay. You need to check in somewhere. Yeah. You have meds waiting. Yeah, no kidding. That's crazy. I'm like, I, uh, how? Yeah. I mean, how is it possible with the human condition to be that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that is so stupid, you can't remember to breathe. But yeah. yet, there you are. Yeah. And you know what's funny is that in my day-to-day -day goings and, you know, you go to this store, you go to that store, you interact with these people, you know these people, you have dinner with these people. And, like, the society that I live in, like, I don't see those totally fully retarded people anywhere. But it, they exist, but I'm just like... You know, they say it's kind of like your circles of influence and, and contact, right? So if that person <laughs> is that stupid, I wonder how many more stupid people she's constantly around, right? Like somehow we isolate ourselves from from people very, very different than us. And I think it just happens. But if there's someone literally that stupid, could you imagine she has friends that are also maybe not fully retarded like that but very close to as dumb as she is <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like well i bet oh they're probably all jigaloos or something like that or they're at some of these weird um, comic-con conventions or something stupid who knows no this person was at um a college they lived oh. on campus oh wow. they were a student yeah and not at like you know bob's technical university yeah. <laughs> btu <laughs> They were at a tier one or tier two school. Wow. Um, I I want to say 
It was Princeton, but I can't swear to that. That's crazy. It could have been, uh, oh, God, what is the name of that school? I can't remember. It's up. Um, it's the one with the stupid gargoyles. Uh, it doesn't matter. Not Harvard, no. No, it's not gargoyle, hunchback. Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. It was either Notre Dame or Princeton. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And they're that stupid. I'm like, well, okay, now I can believe it. Yep. Right on. Because I had someone that was that absolutely stupid working for me when I was at ICE. And this individual was not only college educated, but had a law degree and had been licensed and had passed the bar in New York State. Oh, well. That's crazy. But I, she is one of two lawyers, licensed attorneys that I've known that are dumber than a wet paper bag. Hmm. And I'm like, I, it was so dumb, I feel sorry for him. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> How? World's and, full. World's full of them, hey. A lawyer I used to know. Uh, also knew this person, but we didn't know him at the same time. And it was weird that, in completely different organizations and completely different parts of the country, I had worked with this person years after hmm. the other person, right? Yeah. And the the really intelligent, good lawyer was like, she said, it sickens me to death um, that people like this individual is a lawyer and people like you aren't. And I'm like, well, I can't be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Do you have a record? Well, you know I don't. Then why can't you be a lawyer? I have a soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and she knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you're saying I don't have a soul? I'm not saying that, but, you know. Kind of, sort of. There's a law. Yeah. You can't be a lawyer and, and have your soul. That's right. Right on. Well, hey, I better get to work, Todd. I got so much to do, it's ridiculous. Things are starting to get busy for the Christmas rush, but. Glad we could do our podcast again this week. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, love it. Love doing it. Thank you all for listening, both of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. And then, uh, should so we be... doubled our audience since last show. Sweet. Now we have two people. That's right. <laughs> right on. Then we should be back at you next week. So y'all have a good week till then. Yep. See y'all later. <laughs>